0: Tornadoes to hurricanes, blizzards, and everything in between. You're listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Stormfront Freaks are former television meteorologist Mark Massaro, atmospheric science graduate and skyworn storm spotter Brady Harris, digital meteorologist and weather producer on the Weather Channel app Dina Knightley, former on-camera meteorologist at the Weather Channel Kim Cunningham, Emmy winning Storm Chaser and photographer Chris Sanner, and I'm your announcer and Skywarn Network Coordinator, Mark Johnson. Now, here's the moderator of the Stormfront Freaks podcast, Skywarn Storm Spotter and Chaser Phil Johnson.
1: Welcome to the most entertaining weather podcast on your listening and viewing device. This is the Stormfront Freaks Podcast. Brought to you by Danner Boots. And I'm, I'm telling you, if you're a spotter, a chaser, or, or even a, a TV meteorologist and you're out in the field, um, you got to check this out from Danner boots. The classic is uh, still available today. Every boot is handmade and holds up to unforgiving conditions and they live up to the unyielding standards that they have. Uh, the future is strong with Danner boots and their stronghold work boot. Check it out. So, Hey, if you're a first time listener, thanks for checking us out. Be sure to go to stormfrontfreaks.com and check out our library of previous shows and guests, but this is episode 47 of season 3.0, and we've got drone storm chaser Ray Leichner is with us tonight. Um,
2: after, Thank you. you Are yeah, just going to well,
3: drone on and on? Or get, what? I
2: am, I am. <laughs> <laughs> gonna, this is going to be one boring hour. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say
1: that, we're just getting started. And nah. hey, We'll also be discussing the observed increase in age of weather spotters and if they're on their way of becoming extinct or not. Hey, uh, no. don't forget. To, uh, well, I'm just saying. Don't we'll, we'll talk about this. Uh, but stick around for this episode's WX resources, and you can also find out later on uh, who made our weather fools. I want everybody to know this is uh, National Weather Podcast Month is approaching its second year, uh, coming up here in March. They've introduced a web page. You can now go to weatherpodcastmonth.com. And they have a Twitter account, at WX Podcast Month. Uh, You can check any of those out, follow them on Twitter, bookmark the website uh, for the special schedule of shows that are coming up in March and all the information from the nine participating podcasts, including us. Uh, So there's more to come, but this will be an exciting month of March if you're a fan of weather podcasts. Let's go ahead and introduce our team. It is happy hour now. And if you're listening to us later, it'll be happy hour then. Uh, but the best way to introduce our co hosts and let everybody know we're kind of having fun uh, is to find out what everybody's drinking tonight. So uh, MJ is back with us. Here after, I am. Uh, hey, MJ. Taking, taking a show off. He's our, our Net coordinator up in Minnesota.
0: What, Good evening. Uh, besides
1: the snow, what do you got going on?
0: Uh, well, a little bit of snow tonight. That's, uh, that's the way it goes. I'm, I'm not feeling perfect tonight so i'm not having as much fun and uh but i'm drinking Aww. uh coca-cola straight up because that usually uh does a little bit for me so that's what i got tonight
3: <laughs> <There you> go. <laughs>
0: cleans out those nasal passages pretty good correct i heard straight whiskey could do the same
1: thing yeah, but, uh,
4: that's, what I'm that's, thinking. that's
1: tomorrow night <laughs> just do, just the doctor doctor saying that all right maz is our former mm. tv meteorologist in cincinnati maz good evening what are you drinking
3: Inside of my extra pale ale 420, all right, right. from the Sweetwater. Mm-hmm. It, my uncle Charlie from Minnesota, from Albert Lee, Minnesota. I was talking to him about an hour. He goes, gotcha. Did you know today gotcha. is National Margarita Day? That's what? right. So, I got Who a margarita. <laughs> I did of a pale ale it is, it is you know oh. what? It's really cold, too. I'm just saying, man.
1: Well, happy, happy, uh. Cinco de Mayo margarita uh, day, I guess. Right? I but, gotcha. So, yep. so I, if I had known that, I definitely would have gotten a margarita. It's funny how I always miss out on what day it is. I find out at the end of the day that it was National Donut Day or it was national. <laughs> I never miss that. Something.
4: It's, it's better for Something. your health. <laughs> no,
1: that's, that's true. Uh, and on that note, I'm drinking a Diet Dew and pecan pie vodka.
4: Oh,
2: uh, there you go. Oh.
1: Which is. Um, that's nice. different. It is different. <laughs> That's true. I it can't even
4: that. picture that. It's a, Mountain Dew and pecan pie.
3: <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, pecan it's or sugar? Pecan. Pecan. Oh, wow. pecan. Pecan, pecan pie. Pecan.
1: pecan. Pecan pie. That's what I've pecan. got. Yeah. Uh, okay. uh, Kim, yes. uh, our former Weather Channel met in Atlanta. What are you drinking tonight?
4: Well, you'll be shocked when I'm I tell sure you I'm <laughs> I'm drinking a Lagunitas IPA, and it's called Maximus i don't know if you can see this or not yes. this is really good yeah. it's very good and i'm drinking it out of a georgia dogs pint glass
1: there you go
4: Ooh, there there you dogs. all right oh, cool it's Maximus. really good very good yes.
1: it, wasn't that the name of the guy from gladiator yes, yes. 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 Gladiator.
4: my favorite movies that is one movie. of them anyway awesome good yeah. movie all
1: right and then i understand our our guest uh, ray is joining us out of the green room uh, and having something ray what are you drinking tonight sir
2: I am drinking Landshark Lager.
3: Ooh. Nothing fancy, oh,
2: nothing, you know, nothing too crazy. No IPAs <laughs> tonight. I wouldn't be able to make it the hour. <laughs> And the you, IPA. That's the
4: only way I can. <laughs> yeah,
1: sure. You're missing wow. those 80 degree days you were getting yesterday. I really originally. am.
2: I really am. Yesterday was a Margarita day for sure. Every day.
4: Uh-huh.
1: every
3: day.
2: That's true. Margarita. That's true. <laughs> All right, let's get
1: uh, let's get to your formal introduction. Uh, Kim, I'm gonna turn it over to you.
4: Okay, All right, we are welcoming welcoming Ray Leichner. Um, he is a drone storm chaser. Now, Ray's love of storms started at a very young age, 12 years old. You're like me, Ray. Um, he was using his dad's camcorder to document thunderstorms in his backyard. Now, to date, Ray's aerial photography has been featured on the Weather Channel, Weather Nation, CBS, NBC, ABC News, Fox News, and most recently, The Washington Post. Now, Ray was approached by Eastern Pennsylvania Weather Authority in the spring of 2017 to be a contributor by producing live feeds of severe weather via the drone, giving his audience storm reports as it occurs. So valuable for sure. Now, Ray Flies, a DJI Phantom 3 and Phantom 4 currently. And, you know, Ray was really excited to talk to you because I thought "This this this is where we're headed. You know, this is the future. You know, we are here with these drones. It's just incredible. But how did you go from a camcorder to all of a sudden go, you know what? I'm gonna take a drone and fly it into a storm. How did that happen?
2: Well, um, there's a story behind that. So uh, up until about three years ago, uh, I was just using my phone camera to take lightning pictures and you know chasing storms with it. Um, my wife happened to mention um, probably about this time three years ago. Hey, with all the drone things going on and this is you know becoming a big deal, why don't you why don't you get a drone? And tried doing the same thing, but with a drone. It, oh, that's a good idea. Sure. Why not? So uh, three years ago, she bought me my first drone. And this is it. Oh, little toy, little toy drone that uh, that I started with. And um, started with that. That's not the original one. This is actually the third one I've had because uh, two of them blew away. Um, but, but I practiced. Uh, <laughs> I, I practiced some more and um, then moved up. So I got the uh, DJI Phantom 3, uh, crashed that a few times. Uh, obviously, flying in thunderstorms takes a lot of practice and a lot of patience. Yeah.
0: Um,
2: so yeah. I, I have to attribute it to my wife, uh, Robin, giving me the idea. And um, my daughter, Olivia, comes out storm chasing with me. So she's my little storm chaser. That, that's um,
3: awesome. Does your wife get a finder's fee or something for that for giving you the idea?
2: You know, I I, I don't know. Um, you know, she's she's an amazing cook too, so I I owe her quite a bit. <laughs> <It's true. laughs> so, um, so that's how that started.
4: Wow, wow. So before that, you were you. Um, were you a photographer before that, you know, or a videographer and, you know, making money off of before the drones?
2: No, actually okay. um, I was just doing it as a hobby and, you know, to, to a point I still am, um, okay. you know, it really, uh, you know, I'm just getting started with the drone uh, aspect of things. Although I've been flying for three years um, last spring, uh, Bobby Martridge from Eastern PA weather authority has seen my pictures on Twitter um, asked me to be a contributor on his page, so that meant going live on his Facebook page. Now um, he has a business; he's a, he's got about 260,000 followers. So when mm-hmm. I go live, a lot of people see it.
5: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: so it took a lot of practice, and um, you know, really, you know, going live for the first time, trying to answer questions and keep a drone in the air um, can be can be difficult. Um, but right now i'm still a contributor there i not really pulling an income from it now um i'm talking to a few people about licensing my videos yeah. um but for right now i'm still on the hobby end of it um but again you know this is just the beginning for drones in general uh i mean really you know not to add this uh, cliche here, but the sky's, sky's the limit with, with the drones Whoa. at this point. So I'll drink to that. I'll drink yeah. to, that bad, uh, yeah. I'll to that bad statement there. Uh-huh. Hey, Ray, did
3: uh, did you have to get good fast? Because the Phantom 3 and 4, those things are not cheap. They're over a grand.
2: They Well, the Phantom 3 was 500 and And um, I, I would go out in everything, sunrises, sunsets, windy days, uh, just – Every day possible, just to get practice um, in doing so. I remember the first time I flew in a severe storm with the Phantom Three, thinking, "Oh, this thing can fly itself." Well, no. I went to take off, and uh, a gust front came through, and no, it, it doesn't fly itself. It <laughs> blew right back into uh, my wife's car, uh, so I was able to oh, repair hell. it, uh, get back up in the air. But it took it, it took a lot of practice, a lot of patience. Um, you know, I'm nowhere near perfect, um, you know, with doing this, but I mean, it just it, it takes a lot of practice. And really to anyone that wants to to try this, you got to have patience and you got to know you may lose your drone or crash it, you know, every yeah. time you go up. So um, but it's, it's been a lot of fun. Um, you know, I'm um, it, it's an addiction. I love doing it.
1: So what 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 kind of tell us a little bit about the drones that, that you've got, Ray, what what it is you like about those, because I know there's different varieties out there on the market. So what do you like about what you have? And, and I guess what would you recommend, you know, to other people or if I'm just getting started? So tell us what you like about what you have and what Absolutely.
2: else. Absolutely. Um, so like I would mentioned, if you're just getting started um, in drone photography, I would start out with, uh, quote, unquote, toy drones. Um, don't spend a lot of money. Uh, when you're first starting out, learn to fly with a toy drone, these toy drones, there's no GPS hold on them. There, there's nothing. You, you fly it, you manually fly it all the time. You got, you control everything. So if the wind takes it, you got to bring it back. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, learn to fly that way first. Um, then your next step up would be the DJI Phantom three. Um, which what I like about that, it's it's a very um, dependable drone. I haven't had any issues with it. I've flown it in rain, snow, sleet, you know, the whole nine yards. We had a snowstorm this past week. I came down with it. It, it was encased in snow. So the dependability is there. Um, that's a good starter drone. Uh, it's not going to go as far uh as the other drones but it's it's really a good starting point. but what's
1: far i guess to, as you talk about that what's far
2: so far the phantom three i would say on a good day could get about a quarter mile away um you know and, and it really you know it's it's built that way for a reason there's a wi-fi camera uh, and the connection mm-hmm. um you know is a little is a little less on that particular drone uh you still get um you don't get the 4k uh images that you do with the uh the phantom four or the phantom four pro um but you still get the 1080p video you still get the great um you know the great still shots uh so there's a lot a lot of options there uh to just get it started i still use it to this day i mean it's 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 built to last and god knows i've crashed it (laughs) many times (laughs) and uh, it takes a licking and keeps on ticking so um you know I enjoy it. it it was my starter drone and um, it, it it really handles well.
3: Have you had a situation where um, you lose signal because it gets I don't know if the wind takes it or whatever it, does one of them have that GPS where it sends it back to where it started?
2: it does uh, however it, it there's a compass law lo- you can lose you can get a compass error okay mm. where the drone just loses orientation and when you get that, you're pretty much on your own. You gotta fly the thing, you gotta know where it's at. Um, left becomes right, right becomes left. Uh, it, and th- that has only happened to me about twice uh, in three years, but it is, uh, it's not a situation you wanna be in. Um, so really making sure that you do the pre-flight checklist, uh, you know, making sure it's calibrated correctly. Um, uh, it, it will come back to you if it loses connection with the, uh, the RC controller. Um, so once that connection is lost, um, it will automatically do a return home and land where you took off uh, on both the DJI Phantom 3 and the Phantom 4.
1: So, so give us an idea what, what, so this is, I've got two questions. First one, yeah. Ray is gonna be, uh, give, give me what's the best thing that you've created or seen so far from a Storm standpoint that you're like, oh, I got it, sweet. Uh, tell us, tell us about that and what that was like.
2: So this, uh, the one that I'm going to describe, and I'll show you a picture of it, too. So this was last year. Actually, it was. I don't know how good you can see that. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, yeah, that's. But awesome. that was a a shelf cloud that rolled through um, that rolled through Bucks County last year, and that was one that I was actually live um, on uh, Eastern PA Weather Authority for. Uh, that was probably the most difficult um, flight that I've had uh, with the drone in, in the sense that I push it to the limit. Um, that was about, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes before um, uh, before the, the actual shelf cloud passed through. And then you get the winds behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, I pushed it to the limit to where the rain shaft was uh, on top of me and the winds were, were kicking. Uh, I was flying the DJI Phantom 4. Uh, during that storm, uh, I got that shot and other ones, and it was um, I pushed the limit on altitude uh, with that also during a storm. Uh, supposed to only go about 400 feet uh, with the drone uh, for a few seconds. I was up to about 530, 540 just to get that shot uh, and brought it back down. Uh, the wind started taking it. And one of the features about the DJI Phantom 4 is uh, it has sport mode so uh you kick it in the sport mode the top speed of it is about 45 miles an hour wow um i was able to get it back using sport mode if it weren't for that it would have that would have been it so but you know to date that's the that's the shot and I, i just got it last year so okay
1: all right so then the second part of the question is obviously with flying drones you get you've already talked about several weather fools moments uh, so, so give me an idea. What, what, what's, what's the most memorable situation where you thought that ah, I shouldn't have tried flying it then or there.
2: Yeah. And, uh, this was, I was trying to get a sunset picture. This was after a cold <laughs> front came through, uh, about two years ago. And, uh, I told my wife, I said, I'm going to, I'm going to go out and, you know, it's just catch a sunset. So It's really cool with the cold front passing through. So I go out and, you know, I wasn't paying attention to the weather much. Well, that front came through and the wind, I, I, I think I clocked the wind on the ground at 40, 45 miles an hour. And I was up there about 300 feet. Well, that gust of wind came through. I looked down at my uh, at my controller and the drone was eight, nine hundred feet away from me and still going. Wow. And, and it just kept going and going and I couldn't stop it. Uh so I lowered my altitude. Just I, I prayed, I clenched, and just oh, brought it back. Just tried to, to it tried to keep it level, and I was able to get it back. But that, that was one of those times where you know you really need to pay attention to what the weather's doing around you, and that was, that was my learning experience. The one time I don't pay attention to what's what's going on with the weather. Um, is when you're going to have accidents is when you're going to make, make mistakes. So, I mean, you have to be smart about it. You have to know what's going on around it.
3: So do you have like a repair kit or have you ever thought of like building your own or.
2: So I pulled the camera off, uh, off of it. The, The camera sits on a gimbal. Uh, most of the issues, um, you know, that come along with the drones are gimbal issues, um, The body, I have had to pull the body apart to snap it back into place. uh, Just replacing the um, the propellers and everything on it. Uh, Again, I mean, I've had a lot of luck with these drones as I haven't had to repair much on them. Uh, You know, I've I've crashed the Phantom 3 multiple times. Um, You know, I've replaced the wings on or the uh, props on them. But other than that, that's about it. I've been I've been very lucky. I mean, you're going to pay more for these drones, but you get what you pay for. So.
1: Once you um, Ray, once you get your footage, your your video footage or anything, what are you are you are you doing anything to to edit that? Or are you just raw sending that out or posting it on YouTube or
2: Uh, everything's raw? The videos that I post are are raw. I don't edit anything, Um, you know, coming from me. I, I, you know, I, you know, I wanted what you see is what you get. I wanted that real world uh feel to it so every video that i post um is unedited the photos could be edited a little bit given given the light i'm doing sunrises Mm -hmm. sunsets. you know i do edit them a little bit but all the all the videos Mm -hmm. are raw
4: so ray you you talked about you know this right now is kind of a hobby you know what do you see for you and um and your drones (laughs) here in the future and for another question too do you have nicknames for phantom Three and four, or do you call them <laughs> fan of three and four? Do they have
3: names? Oh uh, man,
2: okay. So I need mean, thing one and thing two,
3: <laughs> opening up a can on this one. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I don't know. Costello.
2: I'll, oh my I'll, God. I'll randomly, uh, you know, nickname. You know, during the winter, the three will be Snowbird one, and the four will be Snowbird two. This is the way to make it cute, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. Um, other than that, no. Um, you know, I'll show. I, I mean, I have the. This is the DJI Phantom 3, which, um, wow. you know, I got the, the wraps on it and everything. And uh, the Sirens Project um, actually gave me um, a decal to put on it. They were on the Weather Channel a while back. They fly fixed-wing uh, aircraft um, okay. to collect tornado data uh, and everything. So they sent me a few things, and this is nice. The, Phantom 4, so this is, I, I would guess, the upgraded version yeah. uh, from the Phantom 3. Is that, is that
1: made by Chevy? Is that a Chevrolet logo on the top there?
2: What's that? Uh, <laughs> no, 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 but close. It's DJI. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't put bumper stickers on them or anything. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. So, so, here's
1: my stick family.
2: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um so no old you girlfriend. This,
3: you're too close no mm-hmm. old girlfriend names for him so your wife doesn't get jealous like no
2: that. no no and if i did uh she's probably she's watching right now so no.
1: <laughs> raised on his backyard going uh snowbird one come, on one.
2: come, one. come <laughs> in barbie uh, <laughs> i'm in the hot seat now i think i gotta break out the uh-huh. show so. uh,
4: yes so, well, uh, so-, uh,
2: so- Go ahead.
4: Um, I was gonna say future. What's the future yeah, look like? Yeah, I was
2: gonna say. Uh, right now, I mean, it's it's. To be honest with you, my day job, I'm a banker, and so you know, I'm a branch manager right now. But the way, um, yeah, I would love to go out and storm chase in Oklahoma. Um, you know, I've I've talked to Reed a few times. We're friends. Uh, you know, on Facebook, just you know, giving me some ideas about you know how to get involved with it and how to do it. Um, you know, that's my dream to really yeah. get out there and, you know, photograph. I mean, we get some great snowstorms around here, some big time thunderstorms, tornadoes. Yeah, they're few and far between aside from the, you know, the random funnel cloud we'll get around here. Um, so really, I mean, my dream is to get out there and do some, you know, actual storm chasing. And, you know, I got the okay from the wife to do that whenever Whoa, I'm ready. Nice. But, you know, that's, that, that's where I see it going. But, you know, again, I, I need to practice more. I got to, yeah. Keep flying in the worst weather around here and know that I can do it, you know, every time without, without issue.
3: So is your wife okay with that? Honey, I'm going out flying drones again. <laughs>
2: uh, again. Yeah. For the most, for the most part, she is. Um, I asked if, uh, you know, the life insurance is up to date before I go out in a lightning <laughs> right. storm. Um, right. so, uh, no, she's, she's cool with it. She knows that's my passion. I mean, this is, this is what it comes down to. I mean, when there's a thunderstorm or, you know, I'm I'm glued to the Storm Prediction Center uh, constantly yeah. during the the spring and summertime, and it it, you know, that's my season and that's my passion. And she sees that, and you know, she she loves that I have you know this 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 passion for going out and doing this. She's like, so, oh, yeah.
3: honey, Snowbird wants just yeah, call <laughs> <laughs> It's probably best you don't name him as
0: Barbie,
1: right?
3: Yeah, right, right.
0: <laughs> okay. Say.
1: In line one.
0: Say so, Ray Ray uh, we've got a yeah. got a, a viewer question for you yeah. um, so they're asking if you're just uh, starting out in professional uh, drone chasing are there licensing considerations that uh, someone has to think about
2: So in order to um, to actually make a profit off of doing this you would have to have your part 107 uh, certification uh which is uh basically a a written test um that you have to take um a lot of it are weather questions altitude questions uh you know um you know flight restrictions how close to an airport you can fly so yeah if if you wanted to pursue a career in it you you would have to go about getting the part 107 Mm -hmm. and uh you know you can google that wherever you're uh, wherever you're from and they'll have test uh test sites uh near you where you can actually go go they go to, to take a test. There are um, manuals that you can go uh, on Google and take a look at. Forget exactly which one I used, um, but what site, but there's a lot of them out there, um, you know, fairly priced. Uh, you do have to study up a little on it.
4: And do Is you there, have to sure, study well. up on weather? Like, you know, meteorology one oh one or something. I no, imagine you're yeah. going I mean, don't you think like if you especially you want to go out with hurricanes or tornadoes, It'd maybe be smart to, yeah. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. So head, they, uh, they kind of advise against doing that, uh going out during thunderstorms. That's one of the, you know, the no-nos. <laughs> uh, you know, i I I'll put that I out there right that. now. Um, it, it really a lot of a lot of times I'll post my videos, uh, especially in the snow. This winter has been it, it's been brutal uh, with some of the comments I've been getting uh, about, don't you worry about snow building up on the drone? Don't you worry about it falling out of the sky? You know, you're not allowed to fly during thunderstorms. You're higher than the 400 feet. So it, it, you know, it's, yeah, I, I understand okay. the rules. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I fly in open areas. So, um, you know, it's, it's got to take some risks sometimes to, right. you know, to make any, so any of
3: those tweets from the FAA hey you're over buddy. Uh,
0: no, no
2: no if they're really concerned about some guy flying his drone in a lightning storm i you know, <laughs> <laughs> be a little concerned i put myself at risk no no one else so
1: wow All right. La- last last question here before yep. we move on ray what what and this is a little bit off of what kim was talking about not only what what you see for the future for you but i guess what are what are some of the other things you're seeing in the drone community as far as a future for drones and weather and severe and stuff?
2: Well, I, I don't see a I don't see a lot of it quite yet. I did mention the sirens project. Mm-hmm. Um, they are working with the fixed wing drones, um, yeah, putting probes on them to send to send them into tornadoes. Um, there's been some discussion around that. Uh, logistically, with the drones that I fly, you know, unless I, unless I catch an inflow with a, a probe on it and decide, hey, I'm going to lose this drone and let's send it out and see if the storm picks it up, it's not going to happen. Uh, there are, um, you know, some larger drones out there. Um, most of them can't handle what tornadoes and, uh, you know, the, the rear flank downdrafts or inflows mm-hmm. can throw at them. So you got to be at a pretty good distance away. Um, I'm seeing a lot of, um, I'm seeing a lot of people, I don't want to say seeing my stuff and getting involved with drones. um, But, you know, I'm getting a lot of questions about, you know, at at what point during the storm do I go out? Uh, You know, when's the best time to catch lightning? So it's, it's, right now, it's at the beginning stages of, You know what drones can do. I mean, up until this point, it's been you know landscapes and you know flying over you know rivers and getting those types of aerial views. Um, I think that you know it's really it's really going to take off now. Um, You see a lot on the Weather Channel now, um, especially with the uh, rescue and recovery efforts uh, that they're doing after storms. I mean, it's you know they're 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 a vital piece of equipment uh, after after a storm right now. Yeah,
4: absolutely. Absolutely. Good. That's well, cool. what, um, how, how can,
1: uh, I guess, how can listeners find you, follow you on social media, see some of your videos, Ray?
2: Sure. So I'm on Twitter. Um, you do at Storm Chaser Ray, uh, both on uh, Twitter and Facebook uh, to search on that. I do have a YouTube uh, page. I just search my name, Ray Leichner. Um, and uh, that's about it. So I'm on Spell YouTube. that. Spell
1: Leichner for people.
2: That is L-E-I-C-H. N as in Nancy. E R. I don't
3: good. think that's right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Wait,
1: Wait a no, second. A I, I, to him. I think
2: I only had one
1: beer. It is time for our lightning round. So this is our game show of brilliant questions for our guests. We always invite everybody to play along. Tonight we're bringing back a little family feud. <laughs> uh, and and the, the challenge for you, Ray, is is family feud. Always, you are a you're the, you're one family. So you're it. <laughs> you're you're like the Leichner family, and then right. we have our co-hosts uh, get get to be the other family. But I, I will I will warn everybody in advance as I was putting this one together. I'm like, you know, this is probably going to be the hardest one we've uh, we've <laughs> oh, ever no. done. Oh, oh geez, great. Geez, great. All
2: right. So thanks for so, including me.
1: <laughs> so here's what I'm gonna do. Um, uh, this is gonna be the, the top 10 answers are on the board. This is the 10 the top 10 most amazing flying machines ever by space.com. So we got to come up with the top 10 most amazing uh-huh. flying machines ever. Um, and, and what I'm gonna do is Ray, I'm gonna go to you first and then I'm gonna go to my freaks. whoever gets the highest one, then we'll have the choice of keeping it and trying to guess the rest of them before they get three strikes or passing it and expecting the other group to come up with them before they get three strikes. If they don't, it turns over to the other group and all they got to do is pick one of them that's still left on the board and they win. Okay. Good old family feud. So this is the top 10 most amazing flying machines ever. So these are, um, I'll, I'll let you know in advance. These are flying machines, which include spacecraft Okay, um, so so think that and and think historical. What, what's a historical man? This really made a leap in our advancement of of flying. Okay, so I'm going to start with you, Ray. Top ten answers on the board. Give me one of the the most amazing flying machines ever. Oh
2: my gosh, uh,
1: God, it's hard already. We haven't even. It, you that. know what?
2: You know what? And and. <laughs> I, I want to say it's the Challenger, but that didn't end well.
1: Um, well, don't don't give everybody a uh, possibility of answers, right? You, meaning, if you're playing Family Feud, don't go. You know, I'd want to pick this, but no, I'd want to pick <laughs> this one, but no, I won't pick that one. I want oh, to pick cha- this. Challenger.
2: I, I'm gonna cha- say okay, Challenger. Confidence. I'm going to
1: say that is number seven. Is the space shuttle?
4: <gasps> wow. Okay. The
1: space shuttle, uh, reusable spacecraft. Uh, was number seven on the list. I'm going to turn it over to the freaks. Uh, what do you guys think? One of you, one of you decide. Um, you can talk, but one of you decides which
3: what you want to be. How about uh, like the Hindenburg or something? Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Okay, sure. All right, so that's Zeppelins, Hindenburg airships, blimps. That's number three. <laughs> wow. Right. So, freaks, you guys can uh, take it or you can pass. Pass, we I should think pass it. <laughs> <laughs> we're spent.
3: All right. The, the ball
1: is in your court, Ray. Uh number three and seven are off the list. What's your
2: what's your next one? So we got we got blimps. We got um Gosh.
1: tick tick tick.
2: Can I pass?
1: No, you can't. Well, you can't, <laughs> but that's <laughs> going to be a strike. You <laughs> and you got two more. <laughs> I don't know.
2: Fixed-wing <laughs> aircraft.
1: Uh, Fixed-wing air. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you uh, <laughs> Red Baron biplanes. Gimmick. So biplanes and triplanes from okay. World War One. That's number two on the list was uh, World War One biplanes and triplanes, like the Red Baron. So, all right, I'll give you that one. Keep thinking historical... Flying machines or spacecraft.
2: Tick
3: tock. (laughs) Is this still still on me?
1: It's still on you. Yeah, you 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 got to come up with all of them before three strikes. Oh my god!
2: Um, (laughs) I don't think anybody's ever (laughs) passed before. I know. (laughs) This
3: is this is good TV, man. This is good. It is (laughs) is
2: brutal. This is brutal. That's what it is. All right. I have a blimp, uh, uh, hot air balloon. Uh, okay, hot a air balloon.
1: balloon is is hot air balloon is is uh, <clears throat> not on the list. Oh, so that's your first strike. Uh, <laughs> you got
0: two more.
2: You get two more. <laughs> <clears throat> a helicopter.
1: A helicopter. Let me see. Here, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you number ten on the list is the V-22 Osprey. Osprey, yeah. yeah. The Osprey is the one that that can fly like a plane or can tilt its wings and take off like a helicopter. Mm -hmm. So the helicopter airplane. So I'll give you that one. So still one strike. You still got number one, four, five, six, eight, nine on the list. And they include a combination of different types of aircraft and different types of spacecraft.
2: Unmanned rockets? Um. You don't have to give me a gimme. Here, here's what I'm going to do. No, I'm <laughs> giving you this one because the
1: Saturn V rocket, even though it took the Apollo spacecraft to the moon, um, they had to test it at one point. So that was... <laughs> at one point, it was on oh. man. That's right. So I'll give you number six, the Saturn V rocket.
4: All, All right. right. On
2: a roll, All man. Right. Keep going. I almost don't want to be on a roll anymore. I'm running out of, <laughs> running out of ideas. Sink. Please,
3: spy plane. Oh, uh,
2: oh, the oh, god,
4: it's black. <laughs> you can't
1: the, see it. Uh, oh, no, 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 Stealth. <laughs> the, the um,
2: stealth bomber. Okay, okay.
1: I, I'm giving you the SR 71 Blackbird. <laughs> yeah, hey, Siren. Siren. Uh, that was number five. That was number five. five. <laughs> Okay, you're, you're still missing number one. Oh, come on, which which is like the, the it's greatest, probably the
2: most obvious thing. pretty, I, it's I would say yes. It's, it's right.
1: Probably the biggest innovation in flight that we've ever had ever. Known to man Ooh, it's ever. Hot in
3: here. Hot in here.
1: Oh, like, it, like, it really like, is
2: hot in here. <laughs> like
1: prior like prior to this, like I don't think we were even flying, to be honest with you. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> the, right, the Wright Brothers
2: aircraft. Oh, is... number one. Very yeah. good. Oh. Very good. All right. So,
1: so we're down to uh, four, eight, nine. You only have three left on the board. Two of them have to deal with space, and one doesn't. How so, many deal uh, with space? Two, two are deal with space. One does is not a spacecraft. Satellite? Uh, no, that is your second strike. You That's have, like two and a half. Uh, one more. <laughs> Let's see, uh... there's something up there right now. Uh huh. <laughs> it's gotten pretty big oh my gosh, over the years.
4: It's all over, right? It's everybody goes there.
1: Yes. It's like mm-hmm. a party house
3: from mm-hmm. all countries. <laughs> you have to go to a oh gas station God. later, maybe.
1: <laughs>
4: the
2: International Space Station. That yeah! is good. All right, we're
1: good. That's number eight. So we're down to two, number four and number nine. Mm-hmm.
2: I'm done with space, right? That, that, no, there's one. One is still in space. There's got to be some now. military jets in we're st- we're there. We're still in okay. space, aren't we? Okay. One yeah.
3: giant step.
2: National Space Station. The moon. <laughs> the uh The rover.
1: Uh that the rover does not fly. Uh and I'm gonna call that your third <laughs> yes.
2: oh God, I'm off the hot seat. Uh, you're
1: off. All right, so freaks we got number four and number nine left. What do you guys think?
3: I guess About Apollo. The, Apollo I, yeah. Think, yeah. I think
0: Maz has some information. I uh, know yeah. it's all up here. Here I was here. I was thinking Concord too, maybe, but yeah, uh, maybe the uh, Apollo. But, I don't know. But I, I think go with that probably. Mm-hmm. What's Apollo. the answer? Apollo.
1: Okay. Um, I'm. Uh, that's a no. I'm going to say no oh, only because oh. that was already we already talked about the Saturn rocket slash Apollo spacecraft. Oh, that was, oh crap! The, okay. the Apollo was the mission. But it flew on the Saturn rocket. I don't know. Okay. Saturn rocket is what got it to where it was going. So, all right. So, uh, Ray, you win. Congratulations. Nice. You are our winner. Well Yay. done. Thank you. So, so, do you oh, want to know please. what number four and nine are?
3: Yes, anybody? please. Yeah. All right. So,
1: number four, I don't think anybody was ever going to get, but Kim was briefly mentioning it. If anybody would have said just jet, like first jet,
3: yeah. I'm going
1: to it to you. So, the first fighter jet uh, was mm-hmm. the ME-262 Schwalbe. <laughs> uh, which was a german oh, yeah. World War II secret flying weapon the first jet yeah. and number nine uh correlates a little bit to uh what also just happened and which could potentially be on here if this were the top ten most amazing flying machines ever as of <laughs> february twenty
2: eighteen Tesla. Uh, Cause,
1: yeah the well the I think it was called the Viking the Viking ship oh. that went up anyway yeah. uh number nine was spaceship one which was the first private spacecraft oh okay. uh, to go up as well so with a
4: car so, on it. <laughs>
1: Well, no, not. Yeah, not so that. that was recently. That was okay. uh, the other one. All okay. right. So anyway, great job, Ray. Thanks for, uh, thanks for the hints. You did pretty damn good. Maybe, that was hard. I thought was maybe tough. the drone was going to be one of them, but okay. Yeah, it wasn't. That yeah, was that's,
2: too, that's too obvious. When it's
4: he said it was going to be hard, I wasn't going to, I wasn't
2: going to fish. <laughs> All, me. Right.
4: All right. So we're going
1: to take a short break. Our podcast listeners get to hear the latest edition of the Titans You Minute with Chris Sanner. Uh, we want you to stay right here. We'll be back to discuss if the National Weather Service storm spotter population is getting any younger and what does that mean.
5: And now it's time for the Titan U Minute with Chris Sander. So we've covered what weather models are and some of the different types you can use. But let's get into a little bit more practical level here and talk about what weather models should be used for. First... Remember that weather models are a tool amongst many in forecasting. Both for professional forecasters and for folks like us, storm chasers and weather enthusiasts, they are not the only piece of the puzzle. You should start every forecast in the here and now. With that in mind, observations are the key to base the rest of your forecast on. What are the dew points now? What are the temperatures now? Where is the system at now? What do the winds aloft look like right now? The reason for that is by starting in the what is happening, you know how well a model has initialized and how realistic its output is. For chasing, one practical way this will have an impact is how a model handles the cap. If a model initializes the cap too weak and then breaks out numerous storms, you can bet that it's overdoing precepts and maybe underdoing other aspects second models should be a guide for what could be but not looked at as what will be i personally like taking an average of several different models on the day of a chase and my leans to which models to trust more than others changes throughout a season based on how they've handled the patterns up to the point of the day at hand however other things like plain old common sense and pattern recognition should play a role Observations on days with boundaries are also important, as models sometimes don't get a good handle on things like an outflow boundary until it's too late to make an adjustment while chasing. Remember, when it comes to models, you want to use them as a tool amongst many, and not as an all-seeing guide. By approaching them this way, you'll find out you'll have more success in anticipating when the models inevitably let you down. Hey, we've got a lot of really cool things going on at TornadoTitans.com, from new wild weather episodes every Tuesday to new Titan new content and more. It's just really a good time. So visit us at TornadoTitans.com. Also find us on social media, simply search Tornado Titans. We'll see you next time. Hey,
1: welcome back everybody. I, I wanted to bring up our, our discussion topic tonight and obviously with, with having Ray on here tonight as well, is talk a little bit about uh, some of the recent observations I've made with our storm spotting community, and you know, I was talking uh, briefly, Kim, with you uh, during our break, how you know how long I've been a storm spotter, and I, you know, I've been I don't know 15, 20 years um, since I've been attending uh, National Weather Service-sponsored uh, storm spotter training or weather spotter training. And I typically go every year because uh, this time of year when we get into the spring, right, you start getting the itch. Uh, I've commented before that it's like golf. When I used to play golf. I, I, in the spring, I'd always get that golf itch, like oh, I got to get out and play golf, and you know, I I think I'd need new clubs so I can improve my game and all that kind of stuff, and probably baby well, powder. <laughs> would help, <you> know? <laughs> uh, what? Baby powder, <laughs> stop that itch, man! <laughs> oh,
3: get right in there.
1: No, that was that was a stretch. We okay, derailed. There, <laughs> there you goes. go. Yeah, that happens quite a bit here. Gen anyway, it does. I so now I get that way when it comes to you know spring severe season storm season, And I kind of start getting that itch like a lot of people do that that love uh you know weather and, and the storm season so i typically will still go to a spotter training class just for the heck of it, it gives me a chance to meet some people and uh, i've you know i've met some new individuals that work at our national weather service office uh, field office in wilmington ohio but anyway i was there this time and i was there was probably at least 20 25 people in attendance which was, it wasn't huge but For Hamilton County, Ohio, and this covers Cincinnati, Hamilton County is the third most populous county in Ohio. And there there were only 20, 25 people there, but I was probably the youngest one there, and I'm in my 40s. Um, And it just kind of made me go, you know, whoa. and I don't know if I've ever paid attention in the classes before as to how old people were, but I thought, wow, this is the population of storm spotters is it getting older, and does that mean that it's it's becoming extinct? And we mentioned on a previous show, we talked about amateur radio and ham radio operators, and there have been studies there showing that the population is getting older and, and it's uh, shrinking. Is that is that the route we're going with storm spotters? And, and I guess the question to all of you is, if it is, Does it really matter? I mean, is is the National Weather Service going to have any serious issues if the weather and storm spotting population really starts to decrease?
0: So, first of all, hey, now. (laughs) (laughs)
1: I'm I'm just I'm just throwing that out there.
0: As you know, well, no, as you as you've said, I'm I'm now the uh, Skywarn. Uh, network coordinator for Kanesaw County here in Minnesota, as well not as Pine and Mille Lacs counties. Not um, getting younger, and I am not getting any younger. No, that's very true. <laughs> and and I'm not sure anymore that I can say I skew the numbers younger anymore. <laughs> I used to think that when I went to those things, uh, but but not necessarily anymore. A um, cu- couple of things about that. First of all, in terms of does it matter? Um, I'm I'm going to say in a lot of areas, yes. Now, it kind of depends on where you're at, right? As we've talked about where we have uh, areas where you have a lot of uh, storm chasers and you have those folks out there and they're reporting in and they're doing all the things with social media and all those kinds of things. The National Weather Service can glean an awful lot of information off of that, right? right. You take an area where I am uh, and, and areas on the fringe or on the outside of Tornado Alley and where you don't get uh, a tremendous amount of storms. There aren't all those people out there. Um, And in those cases, the National Weather Service is relying on their radar, which again, again, picture where I'm at, which is about halfway in between the two National Weather Service offices in Minnesota, Duluth and the Twin Cities. Each of their radars gets to us, but by the time it gets to us, it's pretty high. That beam is pretty high up. So they're not seeing everything, especially lower down at ground level. And so in areas like that, I think there's always going to be a need for mm-hmm. eyes on the ground. Um, so in terms of the does it matter thing, I would contend that, yes, there's a lot of areas where it does. Right. Uh, and, and we are concerned. I am concerned in our area because I will say my population around here is getting older, older than me, quite a bit older than me. And they and I have a hard time finding people who will go mobile um, mm-hmm. to to actually get out and, and see they'll they'll be spotting from their homes, but that doesn't do us as much good as somebody who actually gets out in the field. So anyway, that's my two cents on it. Hmm.
4: Well, I wonder if, and I don't don't know how this works with um, local television, but I I feel like a lot of people, you know, like the local networks have their own like spotters out there now that these people are calling in, to the local media, you know, and they get their spotlight, you know, for a couple mm. seconds on TV or whatever. And I just wonder if a lot of them are more going that route versus National Weather Service. And I don't know how they advertise anymore. If National Weather Service is getting out there and trying to get people going to schools and, and trying to get people to become observers, you know, maybe colleges or, or whatever. But I mean, I just remember Phil, you know, my, my family actually were spotters back maybe going back 20 years ago and they were, you know, maybe in 20s, 30s, and my mom was probably in her 40s or 50s. But they, I think they were like the youngest at the time. So, sure. you know, I, I don't know if, if there really is a big change. Maybe a lot of people, as they get older, it becomes more interesting to them or they have more time to do that. It could be an older generation that likes that. That's, that's what I wonder.
0: Yeah, I think, Kim, I think you hit on a couple of things. Yes, I think the time piece is one of them. You know, I'm I'm the coordinator for our area, but I've got a full time job during the day. I don't always have the ability to get away um, right. to do that. And I think a lot of people are in that case. But you also brought up the marketing thing and uh, Dan Wallace, a friend of ours, uh, a friend of the show uh, on the chat said that same thing about marketing is the National Weather Service marketing this enough um, and getting the word out about the need to the younger generation. And that that might very well be part of it as well.
1: Well, So I, I think that brings up the point. Do you know, does the National Weather Service really is there really a need for more storm spotters? or you know i I do think this is a study waiting to happen, you know, as far as at least surveying the age and and you know from year to year, where we're at, and are they getting older and not attracting newer? And Kim, I, I think you do bring up a point in at least my observation, mm-hmm. being older, that maybe doesn't mean they're decreasing. It just means they always attract an older population right. of, of people tends to be who become storm spotters. They weren't right. before, but they are now. It doesn't mean it's a dying breed. It's just, that's the age that they always tend to be coming in and that, and that could be the case. Right. Um, but I think it's a really good study, but the advertising part, I, I have seen social media where certain uh, WFO offices are are advertising their classes maybe on a Twitter right. post or Facebook post, mm-hmm. but um, I, you know, yeah, I don't see a whole lot of advertising, which again, makes me think, is there a true need? And, and especially when it comes to severe weather, yeah, you know, certainly you see, um, you know, as Kim, you talked about local TV mm-hmm. uh, channels, how, how they might benefit with their own spotters to say, Hey, we got half an inch of snow here over there. We got an right. inch, you know, inch mm-hmm. and a quarter it allows them to kind of see where the snow fell. And I think the national weather service gets that benefit there. My question is from a severe side of things, yeah. do they really need someone to say, Hey, I see a funnel cloud here for them to issue a tornado warning, or are are they probably going to do it anyway and just say, Hey, we actually did have a spotter that said they saw a funnel or they're just saying it's radar indicated.
2: That was actually a big conversation. <laughs> oddly enough around here last year um, we had a storm come through and nws issued it must have been eight or nine tornado warnings uh you know throughout the evening and not one confirmed tornado um i, I believe that you know taking a look at the radar and you know seeing a hook echo or you know take you know looking at that alone um I I think we do need those storm spotters. I think we do still need that ground truth um, out there because what you see out in Oklahoma, you don't normally typically see here, Um, you know, and to the point with National Weather Service advertising, um, Mm -hmm. they do. I see those Twitter posts around the area, but then you have the local news stations having their own, you know, weather watchers program or uh, you know, they get right. everyone signed on to that and they submit their weather photos and they take that as gospel. So I, I think the more that the NWS advertises it and the more mm-hmm. they they advertise it towards the younger generation saying, hey, your report matters. You know, why don't you do it with the NWS and get trained to do so versus just saying, you know, measuring uh, with your ruler outside in the snow. Hey, we got five inches of snow, but the next Next neighborhood got two inches. Just Facebook on what. That's a great idea, right? Yeah.
3: <clears throat> because I think MJ, if if you guys were looking for that, I, I think sometimes it's the way it is marketed. You got to sure. go. You got to go yeah. and talk to them. I think a natural group would be any of the local universities that have a meteorology program. Somebody actually goes to them and oh. says, "Hey, we're looking for this. You guys are already interested in it." You get some hands-on experience going out there, and we'll teach you some more stuff of what we're looking for as well. Yeah, I, I think you're going to get a exactly. few more of those people.
1: Well, I, I think that's to be honest with you. I think that's partially done, Maz, only because I know they they do um, they do a storm spotter class. I know at Ohio State University, mm-hmm. and their weather club up there uh, is involved in that. They're they're heavily involved in the the National Weather Service office in our area and so i know they already do that but but one of your challenges there is it's still a small group of of students young students number one they're already in weather anyway so there's already an interest in weather they probably would have been interested anyway they now probably know more about they do know more about weather than an average storm spotter is going to know anyway so do you really need to train them um and 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 also the the fact of they're all on campus so they're you've got spotters that are all in the same spot that aren't probably going to help you out much except maybe once summer comes and they maybe spread out at that point. But are they even in your WFO at that point too?
4: Right. And does anybody know if they've changed how they verify, you know, for um, national weather service, meaning like, because radar is so much better now that maybe they don't feel the need to have eyes on the ground verifying it. So, I, mean, I don't know. If yeah, it's no, or not. they
0: will they they will tell, you know, again, if you ask the folks okay, that I deal with in the at the WFO, either in Duluth or in uh, the Twin Cities, you know they they will tell us that, and, and this came up before when you talked about uh, will they just issue a radar indicated mm-hmm. uh, tornado and and mm-hmm. uh, you know, Ray, you said, Uh, about all of them that they issued, none of them, which produced a a tornado. They they will tell us that they prefer, they want to know, they want eyes on it to confirm that. And if they don't have those folks available, they say they will issue, they will be more apt to issue the radar indicated uh, storm. If they can have eyes on it, that helps them pinpoint with the radar that it's actually what it's actually seeing and helps them understand that what they're seeing actually is. Again, we're on the fringe of the radar. Um, And I know one of our one of our uh, folks on the YouTube chat uh, talked about how, and I think this is true, that uh, the National Weather Service or people, when they see uh, the warning come out and it says that it's a spotter uh, indicated uh, tornado, Mm -hmm. will take that to heart a little bit more than they will when it says it's a radar indicated Uh, storm, so so you know you have those things going to it. And I'm going to throw one more thing in there quick, uh, and that is when Phil was talking about having very few people show up in Ohio. My question for you, and I, because I don't know what this, I don't know how this works around the rest of the country, in our area in the Twin Cities. Um, The National Weather Service does a few uh, trainings in the Twin Cities. They probably don't get real good participation at those either because the Twin Cities has a separate organization called Metro Skywarn that's not affiliated with the National Weather Service, but they work with the National Weather Service as the main spotter organization in the Twin Cities. And they have all kinds of members, um, young and old. So I, I don't know if that exists in other parts we of the country. Do. Yep.
1: Cincinnati does have a, their own Skywarn uh, amateur radio group and everything else. And, and, and truthfully, the spotter class is not something that you have to go to every year. Uh, I think National Weather Service, at least in this area, talks about they'd like to see you go at least once every other year to keep yeah. to refresh or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's truly not something that I think you'd probably even have to do that once you've gone to one. Uh, yeah, I think that's enough, truly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the point is, is is whether that's the case or not, if you're there were some that were there that were amateur radio operators and part of the, the network that sure. works with National Weather Service in Wilmington, uh, the amateur radio network. So there were some that were there. But again, um, you know, they were older. Now, mm-hmm. I will say this, Kim, you talked about technology. And I, you know, I question maybe is does that have something to do with it? Because there there are things. Like uh, we've talked about the M ping app, yep. um, mm-hmm. which which uh, through University of Oklahoma. Um, and and it's it's the ability. It's an app. You can free app you put on your phone and you can it knows your GPS location. All you have to do is say, hey, I'm, I'm seeing rain here. It's I, I would have to imagine it's really good with winter precipitation for their study to help determine, okay, in this particular area, what are the conditions on the ground? Are you getting a grapple? Are you getting snow? Or is it still raining? Or is it still, because yeah. that's that's kind of the enigma is knowing in the winter what kind of precipitation uh, you're getting. But you can do those right there on your phone. Yep. And You don't really need to go to a spotter class for that. We're going to have in two weeks, um, we're going to have uh, the president of uh, Spotter Network is going to be on the show and, and he's yes. going to be talking about John Wetter and he's actually up in Minnesota, Mark. OK, um, yep. he's he's going to which which is a, a website that you can yep. go to and log in. And you actually have to go through a, a quick little spotter test, right, to get approved because they don't want just Joe Schmo reporting right. crap uh, on there. But uh, you can actually report what you're seeing and it takes your GPS location when it when you post your report. And I do know that that's also followed by uh, at least some National Weather Service offices uh, as far as a a spot. So maybe there's just other opportunities now for that to happen as well. That's spreading out the resources. And, of course, technology tends to draw typically a a younger crowd. Yeah, And and I Um, would agree with that,
0: Phil. I think that we do need to embrace a little bit. uh, And the National Weather Service, for that matter, needs to embrace those different technologies a little bit more. Um, And I also agree that things are spread thing you have so many people that want to be the ones to get the videos and the photo- photography and do the storm chasing and they're not as you know con- and they're going different places so they're not in their home wfo area right. where they know that they're a trained spotter and that they know their spotter numbers and you know things like that um i think one of the issues with the different technologies is exactly what you said mm-hmm. uh why spotter network has the little test uh, i think the national weather Service is the same way they don't want just I mean, they don't know if they're getting a report from Joe Schmo uh, that has that they don't know who it is. They've never been to a training that they know of. They've never been to anything. How much credence do they put in that? Um, you know, so there's right. it's raining that all in and figuring out how to coordinate all that. That probably makes it a little difficult. Do you? Know. you
1: do you MJ? Do you got? Does your uh, does Twin Cities or Duluth do they still issue spotter numbers if they you do attend? they do okay. okay. Yep. okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Ray, do you, Ray have you been through any spotter classes?
2: I have uh years ago I went through one. Okay. Um, and here Mount Holly does also. They yeah. uh, they release uh, spotter numbers.
1: So we so our our field office in Wilmington, Ohio uh stopped doing numbers. Um I don't know how long it's been, but they stopped doing it which to me would make sense to issue those only because then when I make a spotter report, it, it can be a more legitimate yes. report because I asked the question in our spotter class um, uh, with the the representative that was there from the National Weather Service. And I said, how how much time are you spending um, reviewing reports for their legitimacy to, to make sure that, hey, was this... You know, because they're they're probably getting lots of different reports to go. How much time and resources are they putting into going? All right, before we post this, hey, there's a funnel cloud. Is there really one there? And who is actually reporting this? And 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 I said, why don't you do the numbers anymore? And they said it. They said it was a budgetary issue. Really, that it was okay. it was a matter of they just didn't have the budget to send out numbers anymore. And I I, I didn't get into it at that point. But I'm like, yeah. we probably wouldn't right. have to send That's out numbers. Can't, huh. Can't you issue, just say, here's your number on site and you have a handful of numbers you're yeah. going to a class yeah. with and you record it later. But but to me, that, that would make sense to allow someone to do it. But it also tells me, okay, resources aren't there and maybe they're not putting more resources into spotters. Mm-hmm. And, and so well, is it I'm, is it really important? I, now, again, I'm being the dev, devil's advocate yeah, because yeah. I know spotters are important. And, and I know the more you have, the the better data you're going to get and the better information you're going to get but I guess is, are they viewed as being important? Still, still is my question. And I think,
0: I think a lot of it's really, uh, really regional. It's, it's how does the, how does the regional office treat it? I I think there's some areas Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. really do put a lot of emphasis on it and probably some like yours that, that don't as much. All right. Okay. Well,
1: I'll tell you what, let, let us, uh, all of our listeners, viewers, let us know what you guys think. Uh, Appreciate those of you on our chat that that were chiming in. Um, but if you're listening to us after the fact, uh, send, us, uh, uh, send us something on Twitter, Facebook. Just search Stormfront Freaks. You'll find us there. Or send us an email at questions at stormfrontfreaks.com. And, and just let us know what your thoughts are. And uh, we'll cover those on our next show. So we're going to take our final break. The rest of you go ahead and refill your drinks. When we come back, it's time to share our WX resources. And we'll see who's joining our weather fools.
2: Hi, this is Isaac Pato. And this is Scott Peek with the
3: Bay Hunters, and you're listening to Stormfront Freaks Podcast. All right, welcome back. Time now for WX Resources. This is the place you can get all the real cool stuff related to weather. I think, Kim, you're going to start us off for tonight, aren't you?
4: I am. Okay, awesome. we are going to... Um, talk a little bit about flooding. You know, we we always show these videos of of people trying to cross flooded roadways and they get caught and they get in trouble and somebody has to rescue them. Well, with all the flooding that's going on in the Midwest, especially, um, I heard about this one. This is actually in Arkansas. And what we're showing is a picture of a school bus that is like tilted sideways, almost like it's halfway on the road, halfway off the road, but it's in flooded water. It's, in a, it's flooded, totally flooded. There were 17 students on board. They had, they had to wait two hours to get rescued. And from what I can understand from the actual report on this, the bus driver drove through the flooded water And he couldn't see the road. We always say that, that you can, you know, don't do it for one reason that you don't know what's under the water. You don't know where the road is. This person drove into the water and then kind of went off the road. So the whole bus tilted and was stuck and they had to get these kids off. The kids were hysterical for a little while and they, but they were all fine. Nobody was injured. But, you know, once again, people, the parents were wondering, you know, there were flood warnings out flash flood warnings out. Why, why did this happen? You know, one of these things again, so no
3: injuries, right? no
4: injuries, no injuries. Thank goodness.
3: After two hours. Just, yes. Okay.
4: <laughs> well, <laughs> hopefully they didn't go back out there in that water. It looks nasty, but yeah. Um, yeah, so that, that's my weather fool right there. Again, people, you know, just think they can, they can get through this and, and it doesn't look very deep, but it's hey, well, laughing. What?
3: Kim, <laughs> what are you drinking tonight?
4: Why? What's wrong? <laughs> are you not seeing something
3: <clears throat> no I, I i messed up i forgot we were starting with weather fools i i'm sorry i apologize oh, no. <laughs> that's all right well, well we'll skip over to weather fools first that's fine all that right. works <laughs> all right
4: i'm like why are you laughing? this is serious and no, you guys idea. Are laughing. No. no
3: idea my fault <laughs> okay phil <laughs> who do you guys for Weather,
1: uh, fools. So weather fools. So what weather fools. So why don't why don't you explain what this is, Matt? Oh, so sure. Are. Are. Okay, <laughs> so
3: weather fools are uh people that may do some things they probably shouldn't do, but because it's weather related, they figure no one's watching, and of course we are. So we like, made like the a list.
2: bus driver
1: not turning around, don't drown. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. Yeah,
3: that was good. Yeah. We all could have done that one together, right? Turn around. Okay. okay. So so, so
1: my my weather fool, this is a bit of a stretch today, but I saw this on Twitter recently came from ABC News and it's a surveillance video uh, of some would-be burglars and the only reason I'm I'm going to qualify this as a weather fool cuz as the video plays, you'll see maybe some snowflakes falling in the background <laughs> otherwise stretch. it has it has nothing that to counts. do nothing to do with weather it's just a... <laughs> but it's a, it's two people i don't know men or women you can't tell but it's at night surveillance video and uh they look like they both have bricks in their hand and they're about to throw a brick uh against either a window or a door again you can't see that part but one of them is back a little further or the one in front throws it, the second oh. one throws their brick and decks oh. the other guy oh, that was in front of him that right in the so head. Awesome. He knocked him out in the head. And <laughs> as, as the video plays on, it shows it shows him kind of looking around. Again, they, they approach uh, and the guy in the front cranks his, walks away, bam! gets <laughs> oh. nailed by the guy in the back oh. who throws his brick. That's and now watch because he he, he's, he's out, he's out cold. He is out, the other yeah. guy's like, crap. And he's dragging, he's dragging them away. It's like the fire drag when you're dragging someone out of a burning building. He's wow. dragging this guy out, and, and all the while, you see some snowflakes. Away. You're right.
3: <laughs> I, yep. I, at the end, I did see a couple of snowflakes. Oh, oh, well, yeah. yeah. some snowflakes. Yeah, and they just got dragged off. So. <laughs>
1: that
3: was awesome. Oh, so that, that that looks, uh, borderline,
1: that's borderline cool. weather
3: fool. That, that was fun, though. That, that was fun. fun. <laughs> Hey, let's uh let's kind of mix things up tonight oh, and go to no. WX <laughs> there resources. <you> go. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> good. Do I dare go to Kim on this <laughs>
1: <laughs> She was excited about that weather fool. I can tell you, I
4: that. was. <laughs> I'm sorry about that, you guys. Okay. I always seem to mess y'all up. Okay, oh, let's see here. Good. Okay, this is a a great um, website. This is uh, FEMA.gov. And again, kind of going with the theme of the flooding that's going on, um, actually, I just worked with a group of FEMA um, employees um, with um, Region 4 on Wednesday, so this made me think about them, and they've got such a great website. But for anybody that's in a natural disaster or just lives in a, a flood you know, plain or lives near the ocean or even Tornado Alley, anywhere, you should be aware of this website because they've got some great information on here. And if you click on Navigation, and by the way, this is FEMA.gov, and you just scroll down, they have so much great stuff in here. they got stuff about climate change. They have um, stuff about dams, also disaster emergency communications. They have um, emergency oh, management agencies, El disaster fraud? What's that? Disaster Fraud. Go back up a couple. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see. Disaster fraud, yes. Wow, and, that could be You could disaster recovery centers. Um, this one I think would be really great to have and to know where this one's at because you can actually find um, where a disaster recovery center is. And if your area's you know had a natural disaster, you could go to this and type in your 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 address, and then you could find out where they have these um, these people deployed from FEMA that you can go there and get assistance. So. Uh, This is just such a great website, and let's see. There was another one. El Nino. They've got information about El Nino in here, which I thought was really cool. Um, Flood insurance. FEMA. Why with is the, El well, because because they keep an eye on the weather, you know, because okay. I was just working with these people the other day. And, of course, they're all into weather because they have to deploy to all these places. Sure. The people I just ta- I just worked with were in Florida for three months. They deployed mm-hmm. for three months. Mm-hmm. and And so they have to be on top of the weather. They're actually pretty weather savvy. But um, if you click on the El Nino one, I mean, it explains what El Nino is. Let's just, no, thanks. Oh, um, it's take a what, brief survey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You click on El Nino, it tells you about El Nino and it, it you know, connects the whole landslide thing in California. Um during an El Nino with you know the rains coming into the west, things like that. Boy, so they're just,
1: they're pretty blunt. Look at that. El Nino cause landslide. Yeah,
4: you kind of have God, to take it with grain of salt. They're not you're
0: putting El apologists. Nino under the oh. bus on that one. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's kind
4: of a stretch, a little bit, but in, in an indirect way, it's absolutely true. Okay. So anyway, so that is my weather resource. It's FEMA.gov. Um, and you gotta just just love these people. They do a lot of, they just are an incredible group of people it's
1: it's funny when you were kim talking about the the first part of the bus yeah um, i I thought you were just using that to set up your wx resource because i saw your fema tab and i'm like oh she's just using that you know as a a good little setup to go to fema site and i'm like well i guess that's her weather fool oh
4: it's should good. we do that whole segment over I feel oh, like that,
1: no that was Absolutely. really good too because you know they kind of co- you did a good job of sagging those two together and uh-huh. the flooding and the the fema that was good that good, was good.
3: Right. just it. one beer huh
4: just <laughs> that's it, <laughs> all, it, <laughs> all, it took, yeah.
3: all right phil <laughs> all
1: right so my wx resource I, I talked earlier about you know this this spring storm itch i tend to have and uh, i'm actually uh, I, I don't have something to show you but Thank you. <laughs> but the interesting thing is uh, ChaserCon, which is an annual event uh, uh, this time of year in February, uh, was in uh, Colorado. And they just recently had the 2018 ChaserCon. And it's actually, if if you didn't get a chance to go, uh, obviously, like I didn't get a chance to go out to Colorado last weekend, it all most all of the presentations are actually available on youtube Mm. and and listen to some of the uh, presentations and and speakers they had they had dr greg forbes kim was there uh tim marshall dr josh worman they had had many others but all of these are available on youtube all you have to do is just search 2018 chaser con and uh you'll find that all the it's all on there so just great time if you've got some time to kill on the weekend and, and you want to watch some good stuff as you're prepping for your storm season. Good resource. Awesome.
4: Awesome. That's awesome.
3: Well, Thank you. So in case you missed any of those links or maybe you got yourself another beverage or something, this is episode 47 on stormfrontfreaks.com. Uh, check under the show notes area and you can find out all the links and extra pieces of information to take you where you want to go. Should we do Weather Fools again?
1: (laughs) One more time. Let's do another round. All right. All right. Let's go. I'll jump to any listener questions uh, that we got. MJ.
0: Hey, first of all, we had a giveaway uh, on our last show. Hmm. Uh, We were giving away the uh, Hairdoodle book by uh, former Weather Channel meteorologist Heather Tesh, Mm -hmm. and we had a winner. Uh, Congratulations to Ash Bray. won that book. Uh, during our Women in Science contest. Uh, And then Ash uh, tweeted to us, pretty excited that I won uh, Heather's autographed book. I grew up watching her on the Weather Channel and always admired her work. Oh, nice. uh, Congratulations to Ash. Mm -hmm. Awesome. A couple of other folks. Uh, Daryl, I believe, tweeted to us, just watched about half the video. Very cool. I'll be watching the rest later today. And then gave a shout out to Kim as well. Thank
3: thank you, Daryl. Nice. Daryl. Thanks, Thanks for stopping, Daryl. And
0: uh, David, David Sharp uh, sent us a message, said, hi, I just want, uh, sorry. Hi. I just wanted to say that I love your podcast listens since the very beginning. And I really enjoyed your last podcast with uh, Jen Carfeng, Though, So, uh, awesome wow. I'm time. still
1: watching. That's,
4: that's,
3: yeah.
1: That's the amazing part. That's Brian. right. Started to be, still <laughs> have, still Come it. a long it's way, there.
3: baby. <laughs> I <know. laughs> And it's we
1: kind
0: we, of an uh, award. we got ourselves an iTunes review, which we love people uh, to do. Wait, is it good?
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. uh,
0: here, here, yes. Here it is, five stars Ooh. from uh, LVSNE. Uh, said I learned something every week. Great guests, great discussions, and great resources. Thanks for putting this podcast together. So, nice. thank you very much for that.
4: Oh, that makes it all worth it, doesn't I, it, it you does. guys? Wow. That's
0: nice. Thanks, everybody. No, that's great. Awesome. So
1: I think that about does it for this episode of Stormfront Freaks Podcast. Thanks for listening and watching. Before I tell you uh, who the next guest is, uh, if you enjoy our show, please do us a favor, as, as MJ was talking about, uh, leave a great review on your podcast app. And don't forget to subscribe to the show by hitting your podcast app subscribe button uh, it works just like a magazine or a newspaper subscription all it does is it assures that the latest show is going to get delivered right to your inbox to listen the moment it gets released uh so do that hey special thanks to our guest ray leichner uh, that was some interesting stuff yeah uh, i'm drawing, i want to go get one now i, didn't I know that. that'd be They're fun pricey. but Man. yeah i know if i had a grand mm-hmm. that's laying around mm-hmm. I'll go get a drone. Maybe I'll just go get one of those toy ones because obviously I'll need to pack.
4: at least start out with that one, right? Yeah,
1: right. Maybe maybe we'll send that'll be everybody's uh anniversary show anniversary. Wow. Yeah, we'll send you all a little one of those. <laughs> have you seen those little the tiny little ones? ones? <laughs> the size of your fist. Here's yeah. your phantom four, <laughs> <laughs> your phantom point four. <laughs> uh, our next episode in two weeks it begins National Weather Podcast Month. We'll be recording on March 8th with the president of Spider Network, John Wetter, who who talked about a little bit earlier, which which has a great website uh, for spotters and, and um, uh, National Weather Service chasers, stuff like that. If you'd like to watch the recording live, do so at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central. Just check us out on our YouTube channel by searching Stormfront Freaks. So for MJ and Maz and Kim, I'm signaling the all clear. We'll catch you guys next time.
4: Bye-bye. See you guys.
0: Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. To subscribe and be notified when new episodes of our bi-weekly show are available, you can go to Apple Podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app and search for Stormfront Freaks. If you would like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter at Stormfront Freak. We'd love to hear from you. For show notes, additional information about this episode, as well as past and upcoming shows, videos, photos, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you're there, check out the interactive radar provided by our friends at zoomradar.com. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash stormfrontfreaks. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast.